0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Why the Cast Man, a podcast all about why the last man on FX
1: on Hulu. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, and it's it's why the cast man. Is it why 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 the cast why?
0: Why? But why though? Yeah.
1: We're we're going to answer that question and many more.
0: We're just two guys talking about a show about gender equality, so let's get into it. Uh, We're going to be talking about the first episode of season one, the day before. Now, I believe the first three episodes dropped on FX on Hulu, so you've probably watched all three of them already, but we're only going to be talking about the first one here now. Before we get into it, though, before we get into the big moments of the episode, and again, we're not going to recap bit by bit, but we are going to talk about some of the things we liked, some of the things we could be stronger. I think the big thing to talk about here, lots of anticipation for the show. We're big fans of the comic books by Brian K. Vaughn and Pierre Guerra. So what do you think? I think there's a little bit of a split between us in terms of reaction to the show, but I'm curious to hear from you, Justin, and what you thought.
1: Way to to tease it. Um, (laughs) I... uh... I really like this. Um, I I think it. The comic has, uh, I think there's an inherent change in translating the comic into into this show in that the comic tone was a bit lighter. Despite all the like disaster and larger societal issues that the comic sort of touched upon and grappled with, it still had a lot of lightness to it, and I think um, the art uh, helped a lot with that. It kept it a little more like, oh, this is, this is a world we're sort of walking through um, without having sort of the darker overtones. The show, um, because of the nature of a live-action television show, it's it's intense. Um, so there, it's definitely a little bit darker. There's more uh, sort of disaster, obviously, surrounding everyone. And you feel everything a little bit harder. And I think on top of that, the way the world has changed since the comic came out has made this press more stressful, <laughs> a more stressful show to watch. Why? What
0: happened? What happened in the world, Justin? I, I can't think of anything in particular.
1: Uh, just the fact that all men died except for you and I. Oh, right. So, like It feels very... <laughs> and then we hopped
0: out and started this podcast.
1: Yeah, what well, we got to talk about? It. Gotta I, I got to it. tell
0: you, if there were three guys
1: left in the world, they would start a podcast, 100%. That's 100% true. Got to get your feelings out. We're not going to go to therapy. Uh, <laughs> but I guess that's all to say that I, I did like this uh, show. I liked the, um, the structure I thought was nice and the way... Um, the way we build up towards sort of the day I thought was really effective. And then once it happened in the episode, I love this sort of the way they treated everything like one scene, like everyone's perspective became one moment as opposed to jumping back and forth between the different reactions to every uh, all the men falling over or dying.
0: So, as people can probably guess at this point, I'm a little more on the negative bent about this episode for almost, I I understand your explanation here, and I think you're not incorrect. I just disagree in terms of the execution of the show. Um, I'll also note that I liked it a lot better the second time through, once I was past my expectations from the comic book and watching this just purely as a show, like you're talking about. But ultimately, the thing that I, I found a little frustrating, I thought, the first episode is fine. I'm fine with it. The performances are good. The, f- the cinematography <laughs> is good. But I am missing that fun from the comic book that thrills, the action, the focus, the adventure. Like you're talking about, there's no way that they can do what Pia Guerra and uh, Brian K. Vaughan did. Just uh, art aside, Brian K. Vaughan is a master of the first issue of a comic book. Like, Yeah, he very good. <laughs> knocks it out of the park every time. It's 20 pages of like... Usually splash all the information you need to know sets out the premise, sets out the characters, and then ends with a big cliffhanger. And he does that almost every time out of the gate with almost every comic he writes, particularly that's a lot of what why The Last Man is known for. So you can't do that with an hour of a television show. Like you're saying, it's not 20 pages of comic, which just inherently takes less time to read. But the thing that I found a little frustrating is this first episode setting it all the day before a plague kills off, Every man on the planet, except for one and a monkey, is that it felt very old school streaming to me. Like it felt like something that old school
1: come... streaming. You mean like from two years ago?
0: <laughs> Legit, yes. That's one hundred percent what I mean. Like it felt like something would have come out four or five years ago at the dawn of Netflix old, originals.
1: Old school streaming, just Liz back mad. in the day, Time sitting is... on a tree stump, <laughs> <laughs> on a streaming channel on my oh, wooden man. iPad. I remember
0: I'd be out of the woods with my son watching House of Cards and be like, "Oh, this is the good life." Yeah,
1: oh my. Someday you'll have a House of Cards, son. But because
0: of because of the focus on like uh, the end of the world and we're wandering through the end of the world and look what's happening. There's so much death coming. To me, it felt a lot like. The Walking Dead to me. And granted, I'm a mm. Walking Dead defender, mind you. Like, I like the show and I've watched every single episode as well as all the spinoffs. But that's not what I
1: want out of Why the Last Man. Yeah, that's know? just funny. It's quite a statement to say, like, it feels like it feels like Walking Dead. I've seen every episode and every spinoff of the <laughs> entire show. But, you know, it's just not what I want right
0: now. Well, but I do want it to be its own thing, you know? Like, yeah. I, because of the seriousness and because of the intensity of it, Watching it, at least the first time through, I felt like the show is called Why the Last Man? Let's just get to it already. Like, And I know they have it in the first scene, but that dread you're talking about, I do understand it's there. And I felt it a little more the second time through while I was watching it knowing that all these men that they're setting up in different ways in different position, some of them are abusers, some of them toxic, some of them very supportive. That's what they're showing here. That's the whole point. That's all going away. People have different support systems and different jobs in different ways or are being held back by the men in their life. That's the whole point of the episode. But to me it was just frustrating to be like, just just get to it. Like we know what it is. The comic gets to it very quickly and expeditiously. So let's just cut past this episode and go to episode two, where we're already on to the concept of the show.
1: I think that's fair. I mean, and that's a whole nother way to have gone through this, like to see it, like, boom, it's happening. You're in it and then we're moving on. But I see why, I feel like I know why they did that. They want to mm-hmm. introduce the character. So you have sort of a starting point for them and you get to experience the, this, this plague, this disaster through their eyes, as opposed to starting in like, here's the world's different now. Uh, and then that it becomes more of like a, almost like a sci-fi show where you're the premise is front and you're meeting the people afterwards. Um, and this sort of flipped that. So you're meeting mm-hmm. the people and then building tension throughout the episode. Like when the different animals started di- dying and seeing the animals dead, I was like, here it is. And I was like, Oh no, it's not that. And I can see where that trick would be um, annoying, like some sort of uh, here's the candy, it's not the candy. Yeah. Uh, which I know personally is something you struggle with. Candy is um,
0: constantly dangled in front of me, and I want it. And I want it yeah. now.
1: And I'll do whatever that, I have
0: to do to get it, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, that's going to end real, up biting you <laughs> in the ass.
0: <laughs> Probably at some point. <laughs> the other thing that I will mention that I think they were very specifically doing, and I think there's varying results there is. There's a very specific effort to take the show, and Brian K. Vaughan has been open about this. He wrote the comic, what was it, 10 years ago, something like that, 20? More, this, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, and he basically told the people behind the scenes, said, hey man, I wrote this a really long time ago, and I'm a white, straight male. Do whatever you want with this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So them taking it. Fleshing out the female characters, pushing them to the forefront, pushing Yorick to the side so that he becomes part of the ensemble rather than the focus, despite the title, makes a lot of logical sense. But again, I think the results are varying in terms of the characters, and we'll have to see how they pan out over the course of the run of the show.
1: Yeah, um, and we maybe we should walk through them. But I do think to talk about Yorick being sort of um, shifted to an ensemble member or almost like he's like the goof at the center of this, that everyone will is like everyone wants to have almost like the the Lord of the Rings ring. He everyone wants to like hold on to. We'll probably want to hold on to him. He's the last one we have to figure out. He's the mystery we have to unravel here. But he's he has very little agency in this mm-hmm. episode. He's like I'm a I'm a good magician, right? And everyone's <laughs> like, no, dude, and that's a bad goal, also. Yeah. Uh, so it like he he has he's such a goober. And I think that's fine. I think that makes him it'll add more tension and danger to him throughout the series, I think, because he's going to be so close to death hundreds and hundreds of times in this show. The helicopter thing. I was like, whew, this guy's well, bad the at actor,
0: uh, The his name is uh, Ben Schnetzer. He is perfect as Yorick. Like, I yeah. think he really does channel him because Yorick is a goober in the comic as well and eventually has to work to being less of a goober. This does tie into one big change that actively annoyed me, though, and maybe I'm Mm. misremembering the comic, but seeing the scene of Beth and Yorick together was very frustrating for me, And, and this is in the comic again maybe i'm maybe i'm forgetting about a scene here i have not read it recently i know i should have read it before we watch the show but i just have not had time to check back in with it but the whole thing is him searching for beth the entire time and saying i got to go after beth i got to save beth we love each other and the eventual she's in australia yeah and she's on australia and the eventual reveal down the road i think issues into the comic is exactly what we see here that she's like eh, i don't know if i'm so into you and i think yeah. We get to see that first scene of Yorick on the street before he saves Appersan from the helicopter looking for Beth, putting up the spray paint of Beth, I'm still alive. Taking that off and making it a fraught relationship is a very weird choice to me that I don't particularly like.
1: I agree with you there. Um, and I also was like, wait, she can't be an Australian. She just, she's just here. She's right, <laughs> right. here. And not
0: the that whole quick.
1: What I love? I know it's not like she got in a fight with York and was like, "Well, I better go to Australia right now for work." Uh, <laughs> that's not uh, how that works. Um, so I agree with you because the, what what the best being in Australia and being sort of what he was questing after, maybe maybe uh, um, was it gave him a drive, a sort of a foolish, almost childish drive throughout this whole thing. Like I'm going to go rescue my my girlfriend it was like, she was like, when he finally gets her. she's like, what? No, who are you? I don't even know you. We broke up in my head so long ago, dude. And the fact that they weren't getting along, A, B, she's not in Australia, really undercuts sort of a way for him to have this sort of goofy, romantic quest that everyone who's all of the women who are dealing with the end of the world can be like, what? No, help us figure this out. <laughs> You, of course, you're being, you're the last man and you're being such a man about this, trying to go chase a, a girl who's, well, no matter what happened to her, if she's dead, alive, she is so far away and we are not really capable of getting there right now. Let's solve problems here.
0: Not to continue to be backseat editor for this show, but there's a part of me that almost wishes that they had cut out absolutely everything of Yorick from this episode, except for a scene where he goes to Hero, says, hey, I want to get some wine and cheese to ask my girlfriend to marry him, me. And then we don't see him until the end when he's on the couch. And we're like, oh, here's another dead man. It's Hero's brother, also dead. And then he wakes up and realizes oh, that he's
1: alone. That's a great call. That would have been awesome. Um, and again, I understand then,
0: why they needed to build it out. But its I, I feel like that, that
1: would have worked. That's a more satisfying... I mean, you will know the name of the show going into it. (laughs) So Yeah, I'm kind of contradicting what I said
0: earlier about, like, just get to it. But, well, let's talk Uh, through some of the other characters, because like we said, a lot of them are much more fleshed out than they are in the comic book, or at least than they are initially, because it does eventually become an ensemble book. But at least at first... It's very much focused on Yorick and his journey uh, and the characters that revolve around him. Uh, so the big one, the, not the one actress, but the main actress who has stayed with this show through almost all of its various iterations is Diane Lane, who they're basically, funnily enough, I think, building the show around. Uh, yeah. So she plays Jennifer Brown, who is a senator, I believe, at this point well, in it's the-
1: weird in the comics she was a senator but I believe she's a congresswoman in That's this right. which I thought was an interesting small-ish change but it sort of like makes her less powerful in yeah. the government in a weird way and backs her off um, I would think the succession of uh, which I think she ends up being the most powerful she becomes the president essentially yeah. because of her role as senator. Now they're d d they're putting making her a congresswoman. I can't imagine that's going to stay the same. So it was it was something that stuck out to me. It's like, huh, weird to rewrite, but maybe it will make sense um, as we watch forward. Well, and
0: it also puts her direct conflict with a character that I believe is original, which is Amber Tamblyn's Kimberly Cunningham slash yeah. Megan McCain, like straight up. Megan i mean
1: basically they should have just uh had hired megan to do it um or something that would have been a horrible idea um yeah it's just wildly on on the nose here and also a surprising choice because a show that i feel like is at risk of being like because uh, because of the nature of its subject, like political like mm-hmm. a show that maybe maybe you want to shy away from being political they're like nope here's uh here's a conservative person that's going to live in opposition to um to hero's mom or to um york's mom here, um, diane lane's character and it, it it's surprising i'm very curious how this will play out
0: i do think amber tamblin plays it very well she's good in yeah. pretty much everything but i agree with you i i don't think this is a show that needs to shy away from being political but It is a show that I'm concerned about being timely, both from the pandemic perspective, like we talked about, and then also working in the relationship of conservative media to the government. That's it hasn't changed for a couple of years, so they're probably safe here. But it's something that the comic does feel timely, timeless. Excuse me. Um, I wonder about the TV show and if it's going to feel the same way, you know, if we'll Well, look back at it in five years and be like, yes, that still
1: works. Well, and I also like, yeah, I agree with you because I like politics to be in in the television shows that I watch, but to inject a conservative liberal like dichotomy out of the gate, I'm like, that's one part of politics. I'd rather talk about the issues of politics Mm -hmm. rather than like, oh, two personalities are going to fight, one from the right, one from the left. Not my favorite thing. I get plenty of that in my regular (laughs) life. I don't need to see that here.
0: Well, and also, this is my particular very stupid thing that I'm always interested in. Is I always think resource management is very interesting, and that's exactly. Oh, yeah! Everybody loves uh, it.
1: Number I know. one. I'm
0: so. But the Where's news... the cadmium?
1: <laughs> Where's the zinc? How are you managing the zinc?
0: Yeah. Oh, we got to mine for ore. That's always my favorite part of any fantasy game is when you have to mine for ore. That's that's yeah. a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, used to in any like Zelda or big mm-hmm. uh, open world game, you're just back there making sure the farm's still running. Absolutely. Quest? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. No, I'm going to get these turnips crowing. <laughs> uh,
0: but I do think that is something that is a pressing concern and it's something that the comic book deals with. So I'm curious to see how they deal with it on the show. Moving over to another big main character that gets a bump up here is Olivia Thirlby. I never know how to pronounce her name as Hero Yorick's sister, she's having a whole affair. She ends up killing her boyfriend. Yeah,
1: this was so, so crazy. crazy. And then she's going to get away with it because he they're probably not investigating a lot of male murders on the <laughs> night that all the men died. <laughs> that was
0: actually the plot of the last season of How to Get Away with Murder is all the men died, and that's how <laughs> they got away with it.
1: classic classic a ton of agatha christie leaned on that crutch a lot in a lot of her novels
0: Uh, but she's good she's a good actress and i think she plays the role really well it'll be interesting to see her because if i remember correctly she kind of turns up a little later in the comic book and becomes more important as things go along so centering here at the beginning i think is actually a nice choice
1: um. Yeah, and I like her. She's going to be obviously dealing with some guilt, uh, I would imagine, or or something. It feels like she's in a in a bad place. Everyone's in a bad place. She's in a worse emotional place than even everyone else at the start of this. So, I'm hoping that they she can sort of dig herself out of that, as opposed to being stuck in it.
0: Now, let's move on and talk about my. Absolutely favorite character on the show. The one aspect, at the very least, that I think they 100% nailed from the comic book, which is Ashley Romans as Agent 355.
1: Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, and I agree. She's great. She
0: was, if you recognize the actress, or at least where I recognize her from, another show that I don't think a lot of people watch, but on AMC Nosferatu, she was a cop over there. Real good on that show in a very small role, but seeing her here blowing up a bunch of white supremacists, going into DC, being part of this secret organization that I'm sure we're going to find out more about as things go on. It's one of the best characters in the comic book, so there's a lot of anticipation that I had there, but I think she crushed it.
1: Yeah, I agree. She's she's. I mean, in the comics, she's such a powerhouse as a character and like really drives so much of the action and becomes. In when Yor- Yorick isn't really a hero uh, for a lot of the comic, he's just as we've uh, labeled him a capital G Goober. Mm-hmm. Agent three five five comes through and, and really drives a lot of the action and is able to be the the hero, the action hero that the show that the comic needed. And I think the show proves it here. Like she's so good, she's such a badass. I'm curious um, how we'll get to actually inside her head a little bit more as the show goes on.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of other characters we get introduced here that are not quite sure what their role is in this first episode, necessarily. But uh, we get to see Marin Ireland as Nora Brady. Uh, yeah. And I think I keep forgetting the name of Diane Lane's assistant, who's told that she has chipped nails and used to fix them immediately. Yeah. Those are he's, two characters. She's the Rat Army. Yes. So those are two characters that feel like they're rotating around that I'm not 100% sure what their function in the show is as of yet. what did you think of them?
1: Um, I I like them. I feel like they're going to be, to me, basically the show is breaking out into a couple sort of uh, story places. You've got everything rotating around Diane Lane. And I think that will be, uh, those characters will be in her orbit, sort of making choices, deciding what's right. If it's going to be Diane Lane in opposition with the, um, with Amber Tamblyn's character, then I, I feel like Nora and, and the assistant will weigh in on, on those decisions as they're sort of deciding how the government runs uh, Yorick um, and will be a, a story place him like chasing after Beth, dealing with uh, being realized as a man who lived. Beth, I feel like will eventually get over to, to Yorick um, and we'll see how that or not Beth the hero Beth. Yeah. I hope they push off a little bit, yes. but we don't know
0: yeah there 's one other character that we should definitely should talk about they 're kind of downplayed in this episode, but Elliot Fletcher is Sam Jordan, who is a trans man in real life and playing a trans character on the show there 's a little bit of a spoiler for uh, episodes going forward, but this is something that apparently was very important to the staff when they were creating the show is uh respecting and honoring uh, trans characters as well, which is something that did not play into the comic book at all i'll admit i am nervous to see how they execute this because there's a lot of ways that potentially it can go wrong even though i respect the fact that they are including it in the show as it is something that was not really part of the conversation when the comic book was coming out and obviously is for the better now
1: yeah and i i do think that adds an element that like good you're 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 not just trying to do a, a rote um portal portal over of this uh, comic into series to tv series you're actually like taking the the bones of it and bringing in what the world is like now and i'm definitely curious how it's going to play out and how if that will be uh if that's just the nature of this character or, or if that will sort of bleed out into the rest of the show and become more of a, a conversation about about gender uh, across all fronts
0: yeah it's it just feels like a minefield going into it both from a gender perspective because then you're getting into chromosomes who's born a man who's born a woman etc so potentially people could take the wrong thing away from that is my concern just to game it out yeah and then also from the story perspective uh, it becomes a potential concern about like uh, what if there's a lot of men you know? So, yeah, and how they play it out. Again, it all is all in how they play it out, how they treat the characters, how they treat the situations. I'm glad they're doing it. It is a positive development in terms of the conversation about gender. It just makes me nervous going forward, but we'll have to see how they execute on it.
1: Yeah. And like it does, it goes to the central premise, like to what you're saying outside of the the social issues and just the common the the comments on the nature of gender like the whole story is built around this idea that yorick is a a man who lives and that very much was was put into the gender binary and to break out of that changes the fundamental nature of the plot of this this show the series so i am curious how they're going to play that out it could be and i want to be positive about it it could be something where they really It is a way that they can adapt it to being a much more current uh, take on on these issues and a better story for it. Mm -hmm. I hope it's just like you're saying, the difficulty is high in um, (laughs) rewriting the very plot of this thing um, and changing it going forward. Yeah.
0: That all said, before we wrap up here, lots of moments in the episode that we haven't necessarily talked about any big moments that you want. Oh, we didn't even talk about Ampersand, the most important character in the show. How'd you feel about Ampersand? Good, good monkey. Good monkey. Good Good monkey. monkey. I believe I could be wrong about this, but I believe that is Marcel the monkey from Friends.
1: That's an easy thing to say.
0: (laughs) No, I'm pretty (laughs) sure.
1: Hold on. I gotta gotta look it up. Marcel I, mean, I do why the last man. I don't know customer. how old. When does a monkey retire after we're acting in friends for so many yeah, years? Yeah, it's
0: Marcel. Marcel the wow. monkey is in Why the Last Man.
1: Wow. wow. Probably you not almost... a lot of
0: acting monkeys, to be honest.
1: Uh, that's true. And I wonder if he prefers uh sitting on Ross's shoulder or Yorick's shoulder. That's Great the question. kind of stuff we can get into. If
0: we ever get to interview him here on the podcast, and I think I'm gonna make that our mission every episode to really 100%. call out Ampersand, tweet at Ampersand, whatever his whatever his real name is. I don't think it's Ampersand or so. <laughs> no, no.
1: You know what? We'll <laughs> find
0: out by the next episode.
1: That's my mission. We gotta get to I've gotta see that bumpkin. I can't wait. Um, uh, Two things I like to call out. um, uh, The way that they they talk about this ring a lot um, in the uh, proposal scene sort of the Beth, Yorick stuff. And uh, if you I don't want to talk about it too much in the nature back in the comic book side, the ring becomes sort of a, a thing later on. Do you think that that is partly why they sort of kept Beth around? In this side of things, because mm. this ring—they talk about the Bedouin nature of this like ring—the one ring, the ring. ring. yeah, <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, I think maybe you're definitely dancing around potential spoilers here, but maybe I'm not that certainly much. could be a thing. Certainly, there's something oh, it was different. Referenced,
1: yeah, it was referenced enough in this that I was like, "Oh, this is clearly being talked about in this pilot."
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, potentially. I think we'll have to see how that pads out. For those of you who haven't read the comic book or, I guess, watched ahead on the show, um, don't tell us. <laughs> yeah, but We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, and
1: then the other yeah, thing, I, lo- uh, the back, and I thought the end of the episode was handled super well. I mentioned before the way it becomes like one scene as opposed to a series of scenes. And the way they just, without saying it, just you get to see all, all, all of our characters, all of the, the female characters, realize that it's just the men that are dying. Like, Mm -hmm. you see the moment in just the look on their face when they put it together. And I thought uh, that was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, overall, particularly the last 10 minutes are really horrifying and really well done, regardless of what I think about the pilot as a whole. And I'm certainly interested enough to watch more. You know, again, we love the comic book, super enjoy the comic book. I think now that we are past this initial day before event, I'm curious to see how they get into the apocalypse as whole, and maybe things will speed up as they go. Um, it'll be interesting to see it. And for those of you who have already watched the next two episodes, again, don't tell us. We don't want to know. We're going to get to those yeah, we very are, shortly.
1: yet to see
0: them. Before we wrap up here, though, here's how we're going to end the episodes. Who's the man, Justin? Who's the man in this episode?
1: <laughs> oh, who's the man? Who's the man? I mean, uh, when you're meeting all these characters for the first time, it's hard to pick. But I gotta say, Agent Three Five Five is yes. uh, emerges from this uh, pilot as the character to watch and a character that is like getting st- every all the other characters are sort of struggling with emotional issues and dealing with their things happening in their lives. Agent Three Five Five is just blowing stuff up and being like, "Give me the next thing. I want to do more <laughs> stuff like this." Um, so I I love that momentum going into the next episode.
0: Yeah, I would have called out 355 as well, but just to give it up for somebody else, I'll call out Hero. I think giving her a little bit more time here is really smart. I think the stuff that's been set up with her is definitely very interesting and very weird. If I remember correctly, she kind of just pops up As part of, uh, spoiler here, but the Amazon storyline very later on, other than the sporadic things here and there. So to get to see her early on like this is really interesting, and I'm curious to follow her throughout the show. Yeah, Agreed. So there you go. If you would like to chat with Last Man with us, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Also, you can support this podcast and the other podcasts we do at patreon.com slash comic book club. Potentially, the feeds are already set up for the podcast. And if so, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app are your choice. If not, hey, later on, buddy, they're coming. They're coming very soon. <laughs>
1: feeds coming. are coming.
0: The feeds are coming at Comic Book Live on Twitter, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the end of the
1: world. Oh! Why the cast, man? Why the cast? Why?